This is Jewish Board Talk with Sheree Zephard, only on 101.9 High FM. When I think of glossy magazines, I associate them with beautiful pictures of elegant women, stunning gardens, and mouth-watering recipes. They are about the latest in fashion, beauty, and glamour. But in a changing world where absolutely everything is available at the touch of a cell phone button and how to cho- uh, YouTubes are available on any topic at all, is there a place for such publications today? To answer that question, I talked to Julia Raffaele, the CEO of Associated Media Publishing, uh, and I'm so pleased to be joined by you, Julia. Welcome and thank you so much for joining me. Thank you very much for having me. Julia, um, you grew up in the world of glossy magazines, of course, you being the daughter of the legendary cosmopolitan editor Jane Raffaele. What changes have you seen in the industry over the years? Well, I think everything's changed in our world. I mean, the whole industry has completely turned itself on its head, from mindsets to skill sets to the partners that we collaborate with to revenue streams, digital coming um, and you know, integrating itself as a technology platform and a way to reach our audience, going from one channel in print to multi-channel. And this obviously leads to, you know, a completely different set of opportunities. And I think the one thing about our industry which has kept me so super invested in it is this kind of agility and um, the the sort of position that we've had as a 38-year-old legacy, um, you know, company, Um, which was started by my mom, and she still comes to work today um, as an 83-year-old, which is amazing. Um, But just being in a legacy business where you have got the ability to um, take your brands and completely transform them uh, for the future, not just for South Africa, but also for the future in this world, which is completely disrupted, you speak about agility, and um, obviously in, in today's environment, agility is needed for every, anything and everything to to survive. But when I think of glossy magazines, it, they they speak to a very specific market. How do you increase a market with something that is niche? Well, I think one of the first things we did was we changed our names from Associated Magazine to Associated Media. And it's not really for us about magazine in terms of a printed product. It's about magazine media and how that brand, most importantly, um, sort of delivers to a community of people. So we always see it from the audience side. And that means that all the touch points are really important and everything builds a relationship with the end consumer. And, you know, just note that we now sort of refer to our audiences as consumer, not just a reader. So everything we do is with the consumer front and center. But again, you know, coming back to, I, you know, every time I talk about this, people still sort of automatically defer back to magazines in print. And really, I mean, we have 27 events that we run across our our company, you know, throughout the year. And events are just one of the many important touch points. But then you have all the social media channels. So essentially, you know, you look at your brand and you look at what place does this brand have, you know, in, in the environment that you're operating in. And I think that's what's been so exciting about a brand like Cosmo or Cosmopolitan, where it's obviously very well known. And it's been on the market for the longest period of time. I think it was the first international title to come to South Africa on the newsstand. And this is really important because this is a brand which has been able to transition itself from print 
to a completely multi-channel um, ecosystem. And that means that you can engage with your audience daily now, whereas you could only do it before once a month through print. So whilst we always, you know, keep print in our, in our ecosystem and we feel it's very important in terms of the experience that print delivers, you know, with, with the person that's engaging with your brand, we, we only see it as one of the channels. And I think that if you're going to be a successful brand and you haven't evolved past, you know, being available to your audience in one format, then I don't see a future for you, you know, um, in terms of being a successful and healthy brand. I, absolutely, and um, as you say, we we not we are consumers. We're not readers. We we on every single platform that's imaginable, and we're consuming all the time. Julia, is there ever a sense of? I think what I'm asking, what I'm want to ask, is the the politics of glossy magazines in a way. We we. That's, that's still there. That's still there. Okay. Can we explore <laughs> of that? Of course. Well, I mean, I think that's what keeps people um, interested in our world. I mean, even though I think people in editorial positions maybe, you know, aren't paid the same as people in advertising agencies, but there is just something that is so um, enticing about being in glossy magazines or glossy media. And I suppose it's also, you know, we create content we deal with incredibly talented people. Um, we constantly drive conversations that really matter. And that keeps you passionately engaged with your business. So there's still very much the aspiration, the inspiration um, in terms of our content. And although I would say that, that anyone in magazine media really does have to be an expert in storytelling, <laughs> those are the stories which are still very glossy. And um, so, you know, of course, there's the politics and, you know, what's been fascinating about being in this uh, industry in this particular time or time frame, because, you know, we went from being, we thought we worked hard in the past, but actually, <laughs> you know, we really had it easy um, to completely having to reinvent ourselves, almost like refueling a plane while flying. <laughs> and now we really work hard. I mean, it's, it's a completely different story. So, um, I think the thing is what's been fascinating about being, you know, at this particular time is people are still attracted to glossy media. And, um, I think we have incredible opportunities and platforms to speak from. And I know for myself personally, just by being part of an industry which is so creative, um, it's kept me invested in our own business and in the future for our business. And what's inspired me is working with young women of today and being able to showcase them um, via our brand platforms. Um, and those are the future of South Africa. And these women are totally diverse. They are they are just incredible. You know, they have the world at their feet now. I think that the whole zeitgeist of, of the world is very much around opportunities for women. And that's something which kind of is at the heart of everything we've done as a business. And, you know, it was started by my mother um, in terms of how she was such a, an ambassador for women. And she genuinely believed in, you know, women's abilities and equality for women and that's what we've carried on in terms of the legacy of our business. And it's it's so hard to not be passionate about that because you feel like you can affect change. You feel like you can be part of the South Africa of the future. And we're very proud of 
all the creative and the incredible firsts that we've managed to do inside our business. And that is easier to sort of spotlight the country when you're part of an international title like Cosmo, which has effectively 66 titles. But yet from, you know, the tip of Africa, we are producing first, like the first transgender cover ever, you know, in the world. The first Netflix partnership with Cosmopolitan ever from the tip of Africa. And next month we're shooting in Lagos and the issue is um, for Cosmo made in Africa and the entire magazine will be only African content. And that allows us this opportunity to showcase and give people the opportunity for exposure whilst we get apart, you know, get along with our daily job. And I think that's a privilege. And, um, you, you know, as I said, it's, it's kept us very invested in what we do when it's been very, very, very tough because essentially we had, you know, a setup and a business model which relied on advertising, um, mostly via print. And that completely crumbled. And um, we've had to, you know, find other ways to monetize, which I'm thankful we've been able to do. And it's almost a case of last man standing. And <laughs> we really just backed ourselves. And because it's a family business and because we are fully independent, you know, we fund the business ourselves. We never had one cent of funding. So, you know, you, you become – and the people that you work with inside the business – um, are equally committed. And I think that's what helped us to kind of not remain the last people standing. But, you know, a lot of the international glossy titles are no longer here. Yes. You know, so we are and we hope to be here for the very long future. You mentioned two words associated with glossies, aspirational and inspirational. And I think that really captures the essence of what what maybe you are trying to do and your your content is driven. You're saying you've got your first African edition coming out. Who is your market audience, Julia? Well, it depends on the brand. What we've always tried to do is speak to women at different stages in their lives via our different brand platforms. But, you know, in terms of... Um, say Cosmo, which is a more it's, it's a more mass market brand because it talks to women who are young, fun, fearless females. You know, in that stage of their life where they, you know, they have the entire you know future um, ahead of them. Um, whereas I would say with Good Housekeeping, if we look at different audiences, it's very much more centered around the millennial mom. So the millennial mom is approximately 34, maybe to 37 years old. And we recently ran a survey on that just to understand the millennial mom in South Africa because we found there was no real information on millennial moms. And that could be any millennial mother who's in that age and at that stage of her life where she cares about her family, she has multiple, um, you know, she has very little time and multiple requests on her or, or um, coming at her all the time. So it all depends, you know. House and leisure is a more equally split uh, target market, so it's more equally split between male and female. But what we always try and do is make sure that we have the best of the best content. And um, that's now every day, all day. Yeah. That's no longer once a month. Yeah, sure. So it depends very much on who you're talking to. But I do think as a brand, you've got to be very clear about your own DNA. And you've got to make sure that your content is authentic and relevant to the target market. So 
by doing this survey that I mentioned on good housekeeping as a brand, it really helped not only us understand who is the millennial mom in South Africa today. Is she really like somebody blogging in a corner coffee shop? No, she's actually not. Most millennial moms have a job. What is important to a millennial mom? So doing that kind of research and engaging with our audience where we ran the survey and within the space of a week, 3,100 people answered a 90-question survey, which is shows how engaged women are, and not just with anyone. They're engaged with this brand, and they want to share who they are and what they want and what they're looking for and what's important to them. And that's how you remain very relevant to your particular target market. Well, you, I think you said last man standing, and I think, Julia, we would have to rephrase that to last women standing because what you have done is absolutely impressive. And um, South Africans obviously have this need to reach out, to know, to be inspired, to aspire to something. And I really have to commend you and your colleagues and family on, on providing that for them. Oh, thank you so much. It's quite a, it's an interesting ride. It's a fun ride and I love it and I would never want to do anything else. And you know, you hear about magazines closing and even print media, you know, the news that we consume every day isn't being consumed in the way we don't, but you've managed to really market what you do in a way that's meaningful and accessible to what people want and need at the moment. I think it's really about partnerships though, you know, and, and being kind of a very strategic thinker. And I remember I was in a meeting and I started to think about what would be our next S curve, you know, in terms of the business, because there was a time in our business where um, it became a family business to a less of a family business. And I took over the business, you know, from my mother, but working alongside my mother. And um, I had to think about how we would remain relevant and who we would partner with and, you know, I think I've um, been very lucky in having a role model like that and also having somebody who totally has supported change because it can't be easy to hand over power inside a business. Um, you know, whatever way you look at it, it's, it was your business, you started it. And what she has done so gracefully and graciously um, has handed over power to, you know, one of her children um, and I think the fact is that's that's a privilege, and we've never had an argument yet, <laughs> so hopefully we won't. And I think that again, you know, the people that you work with, but also the partnerships that we've made along the way, that kind of um, you know sort of paves the way um, for a more solid future. Whereas I think in the past, uh, when maybe people were more, um, maybe there, there was more money going around the system or you didn't have to work as hard, maybe people were more territorial in our industry specifically and less open to collaborating. And now they've kind of had to collaborate, which for me is so much more sustainable and healthier than everybody looking after their own little territory. So, you know, at the end of the day, we all want to operate as an industry body and I sit on a global media board, and I think that's really helped me also understand how that can help everyone going forward. Because at the end of the day, you want this glossy magazine media industry to be there for people to get jobs, you know. And um, to do that, we need to be here for the future, and we have to do that together. You can't do that alone. Well, on that very inspiring note, Julia Raffaele, the CEO of Associated Media Publishing, thank you so much for joining me.